Welcome everybody to Black Coffee and Theology. Alright everybody, welcome back to the podcast and I have uh, a special treat. Uh, listen, author, <laughs> writer, multi-talented writer, uh, thinker, <laughs> Jessica Kantrowitz is on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Uh, fun fact, uh, I wanted to ask you to be on the podcast back when I first imagined the podcast. Oh, That's, really? So, so, that is, so this is a full circle moment for me. Wow. <laughs> so when I first conceived a Black Coffee and Theology and was trying to get my head around the, the type of people that I wanted to sit down with and the vibe that I wanted for this particular podcast, you were the one of the first names I thought of. <laughs> so that helped oh. me conceive this 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 thing so you like my vibe you... robert yeah it's exactly. <laughs> yes no it, and i think it's um i wanted a different podcast especially than uh spiritual podcasts that were out there where it was either a popcorn interview style or mm. this really heady thing about god or the universe and I was like, I find a lot of life in sitting with people I respect and just vibing, just talking. Mm. Um, and they're like, let us reason together around that. So Jessica, that's you. That's <laughs> Wow. Well, if I had a podcast, you would be one of my first guests too. But God protect me from ever having a podcast because that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, um, so with that said, uh, I always ask people to talk about who you are, um, how you show up in the world, what's important to you. Hmm. How I show up in the world. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that has sort of changed over the last few years as I've come to understand sort of how disabled I am by my different, you know, migraines and depression. I've recently realized that I also have autism mm. uh, and then like chronic knee and foot and back injuries. Um, and so I think for a lot of my life, I was trying to show up in ministry in ways that I was sort of never a good fit for personality wise anyway, but um, was trying to and, but I probably could have like fit for longer if I had had more energy and more health, you know. And so the last few years for me has been sort of um, reassessing how I can show up with the limited, you know, abilities and energy that I have. Um, so it's, it's letting go of a lot of the times, I guess, when, when I can't show up and being okay with, you know, focusing my energy on the ways that I can and that's been you know through my books through my writing um through social media which actually for me can take a lot less energy than showing up in person to things um because you could sort of dip in and out whenever you want 
um, yeah, and also finding I've, I've found a group of people in um, real life who, in quote unquote real life, you know, no, in I person. Guess yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, um, that's been very life-giving recently as well. And then also just as an artist, you know, well, as a writer, which I guess is a type of artist. Um, it is. But it, yes, <laughs> finding finding other creative people to collaborate with has been really powerful for me the last few years as well. Mm. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be drawing too, so. You... <laughs> <laughs> Poorly, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tussle with you on that. I <laughs> no, you you draw well, but I thank you. Um, one more fun question that I ask some people is: name a song that either embodies how you are, who you are right now, or that you're vibing with right now. Ugh. I'm really bad at these. Whenever everyone asks me, like, what's a song or what's a book that you like, I completely <laughs> you're like I've never heard a song in life <laughs> yes uh um what songs have I been listening to lately I don't know I well my um my dad died a little over a year ago and so I inherited a lot of his cds so mm. in the car which is the only cd player that I have I've been listening to a lot of um 60s music which we <laughs> was something we both loved. So the Beatles and Bob Dylan. Mm. I can't think of a specific Bob Dylan song, but his music is really powerful for me in a lot of ways. Mm. I like that. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. How about, so, can I ask you that question back? Yes, you can. What's the song you've been vibing with lately? Um, mm, that's, I like it to turn the tables on me, Jessica. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, Hmm. Let's see. So something that people may not know about me um, is uh, Meg the Stallion <laughs> is mm. a fan favorite in this. Okay. Episode. <laughs> uh, <it's>, hey, <laughs> um, all of her songs go double platinum in this household. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they are outside, but in here, they're platinum. And, um, you know, she had um her most latest album is about trauma and anxiety and uh oh, some, yeah and as someone who has experienced a lot of both <laughs> i resonated with uh her vulnerability on the album in general and there's specific mm. songs that i i that touch me uh but yeah i would say most things uh that megan the stallion uh has to say that's controversial i know people are like <laughs> perish the thought and um <laughs> one that i listen to over and over again is called god's favorite um, oh. <laughs> um it's a vibe <laughs> okay <laughs> um, is it like an upbeat kind of song or it's a medium tempo kind of chill in the house um you know i like i just it's such a favorite for me. I just, yeah. So that that would be my my uh, anthem probably until I die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to listen to that afterwards. Yes. Uh, so it's a little bop. Mm. So on the table, uh, this is the only time this has happened in Black Coffee and theology history. 
uh, a guest suggested a, a topic to me and I was like, yes, let's do that. Usually I reach out with like, I specifically want you for this, but oh. you, you had a, a great topic request. And so we're talking about writing as wounded healers. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I first want to ask you, you know, and we're going to talk about, you know, your latest book, you know, in the scope of that. Um, but okay. what does writing as a wounded healer mean to you? I have my own thoughts, but I'll let you go first. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of ties into what I was sharing um, earlier, which is that, you know, re reassessing what I'm able to do and, you know, my, how I show up in life. Um, I was thinking, I really like, um, I'm going to forget exactly where it is, but I think First Corinthians 12, maybe where Paul is talking about the body of Christ that, um, mm. and how all the different parts of the body um, are important and do different things. And I think of it in terms of not just Christians, but like community, you know, because mm, yeah. I don't think it, I, I think it's true of community in general. And honestly, I don't specifically see where it's been more true of Christians than of other people in my life that they're you good better at speak. community. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just really like, he just, Paul just explains it really well. Um, I've been out of seminary for so long and away from those faces that I can't quote it, (laughs) but he talks about, um, yeah, he talks about like the, the shameful parts of the body we give special honor to. Um, And so that's been really important to me in thinking of like, okay, if I believe this, then I believe that's true of me and of everyone else, no matter what we're going through, you know, even the days, the days when I was spending 23 and a half hours in bed with depression and migraines, like I still was a part of, of community. I was still important and had something to offer to other people. And so it's kind of been for me answering the question of like, well, if we assume that that's true, then what is it that I can offer right now? You know, it's not leading worship anymore. It's not, you know, helping out with the youth group. It's not any of those like leadership positions or whatever. But for me, it has been through my writing um, and through just being really honest about what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I think, I don't know if people, if a lot of people aren't, honest or if they're just like maybe 95% honest but then there's a little bit that people are holding back but I think one thing I'm good at is like just being completely honest about where I am and then as a writer like describing it exactly Mm. you know yeah and I've found that the weirder I think my feelings are where I where what I'm experiencing is the weirder it is, the more I can like spe- describe it really well, the more people say, oh my gosh, I feel that way too. Mm. And so I sort of see that as, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just thinking about all that you're sharing right now. And I've told you this, but I'll just say this on the podcast is I gave a copy of one of your books. I 
think it was blessings for the long night. Um, to a friend, I really just felt impressed to give to a longtime um, family friend and gave it to her. Didn't think, I didn't know how it would resonate, but mm. it so powerfully resonated with her. Um, oh, and wow. she, she kept thanking me over and over again, you know, over the course of, you know, weeks. And um, then she bought it for a friend um, going through a very, very long night. Uh, hmm. And so just thinking about how your writing has compounded uh, is one thought in my mind. And I, I, I think of, you know, writing as a wounded healer, my experiences in the church have been mostly, especially from the platform downwards, which is how things kind of operate, is mm. mostly appearing to be strong in healing and trying to mm. heal people from strength, right? So you might um, share a testimony of, of something that you've overcome and you're always right. overcoming it, right? Like you're never weakened. Uh, you might have a sin issue in the past, you know, like 15 years ago, mm -hmm. um, but suddenly you don't have any sin. Um, and so you're healing from this, this reservoir of strength. And for mm -hmm. me, something that I've endeavored to do is to uh, create from the places of weaknesses and stumblings that I mm -hmm. have. Um, writing has been one vehicle for that. So I was, I loved mm. when you brought uh, this topic up because I feel that I am mostly writing for the weak. Um, mm. I don't know the strong, really. I don't, <laughs> I'm wounded. I know there's a whole lot of wounded people. And so I'm writing from the wound, you know, mm -hmm. so thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I love your, your substack. I think it's the like, like you're saying it's yeah. just you know you being really honest every week or I don't know if you you seem to write a couple times a week but mm -hmm. yeah about where you are and uh your poetry yeah your poetry the, no your poetry Robert. <laughs> yeah um I think it it I don't know I was trying to think about this because I think there's a way of um complaining that rubs people the wrong way and yes. I I think as someone who's been chronically ill most of her life I've uh, I've annoyed people with my complaining or whatever and I and so I've tried really hard to overcompensate for that by like not complaining and you know or only or making really sure that I'm in a safe place when I complain yeah. or that you yeah. know that it's I'm yeah, giving at least listening to the other person as much as I'm giving out, it's all like very finely calibrated to make sure yeah. I'm not um, too much for the other person. Yeah. yeah, so I think there's a there's a danger, um, not a danger, that's the wrong word, a fear of writing really honestly that people are going to hear it as whining and complaining and be like, <laughs> come on, just, you know, buck up or, you know, we don't want to hear about this. And so I was trying to think like, and I don't know, I didn't really get the answer to this question. Maybe you know it, but I was trying to think like, why, why is it different when you write, you know, when I read your Substack, 
Mm. I'm never like, oh my gosh, here's Robert complaining again, you know, <laughs> but it's always like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And mm. I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's because I can relate, you know, like not to your specific issues mm. necessarily, but to the pain of being a human being, you know, mm. I don't know if you have yeah, thoughts about I've... that. I try this is where it we're in the end game now. I <laughs> listen, I you know, I started my Substack musings from a broken heart because of everything that we're talking about. I, I felt like I couldn't create theology, I couldn't create art, I couldn't create outside of what has shaped me, which has not mostly been my strengths. Mm. I think Tina. Turner, someone asked her one time, has that good in your life outweighed the bad? And, you know, they're expecting this like bright, you know, jubilant answer. And she said, oh, no. And that was such a raw, powerful answer where she's saying, no, the good hasn't outweighed the bad. The bad has most certainly outweighed the good. And for, for me, that's honest. I cannot say like I love God, I love the world, I love human beings. I try to be optimistic, but I cannot say that the good has outweighed the bad for me. And so hmm. writing about that has been both cathartic. I have that same fear um, of 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 spilling too much, oversharing and whatnot. And mm-hmm. um why is it different? I, I think, well, sometimes it's not. I <laughs> Um, you know, after I share my last post, um, some people e- emailed immediately and said, take me off this newsletter. <laughs> said, oh, oh, wow. And uh, which stings, you know, it hurts um, because you are sharing your raw form, who you are. And when yeah. that's rejected, that hurts uh, in a way that other uh, forms of art may not uh, experience. But mm. What I would say is it is more painful to to live life with a mask on than the fear of removing it hmm. for others, right? Like I don't want to go back to, um, you know, pretending that everything is okay and creating from that place, uh, mm-hmm. even though you do get more money. I, w- I also was thinking this as you were talking, being hmm. positive all the time and having the uplifting thing to say to everybody, um, foregoing that costs you something, um, Hmm. as a writer, as a human, as a, because people like that, like I could Hmm. give a catchy phrase every day. And I promise my social media following will grow. My Substack will grow. Yeah. So just thinking about the, the opportunities that you forego, uh, when you are this person that, Mm. is raw when you are honest um yeah so I'm thinking about that as as you were talking honestly Mm. oh yeah that's discouraging to hear that Uh, yet another of my life decisions is making me less money (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you think about it if you were to post a bible verse every day Mm. and, and it was a positive one everyone loves that <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a certain crowd that loves that, right? Like, right, right. A, and that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be. We wouldn't have the the blessings for the long night book, definitely. Uh, it would mm. just be 
a book of scripture and not bashing people who do that. I think what is the risk and reward ratio is different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have the opportunity to really help somebody attend to the hard places in their own life by being raw about your life. Mm -hmm. And I see that in your work and the type of work that you do, you know? Yeah, thanks. Well, it's the difference between, I think, between telling people like everything's going to be okay and acknowledging like, no, everything is not okay. We don't know if it's going to be okay, but let's sit together, you know, Mm -hmm. let's be here for each other in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a beauty in that because you're not only complaining, you're not only talking about the hard spaces you are reaching for that let us be together in it. And and, mm-hmm. and in that way, it's hopeful, right? It's not a pie in the sky type of hope. It's, okay, can we just acknowledge this is all painful? You know, <laughs> these wounds? Okay, right. we can do this together. And I hear that in a lot of your, your writing. I hear the echo of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least we don't have to make it worse by being fake about it or, you know pretending that everything's okay when it's not Mm, yeah I love it I want to get into speaking your writing your work (laughs) Um, good morning friends gentle suggestions for the start of your day I wish y'all could see uh how beat up my copy of this book is (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and um (laughs) I want to say like um getting this book and utilizing this book I am so serious about my morning routine um I I think I've always been that way even when I was a child um when I was an atheist I I was always serious about trying to attend to the morning and as somebody who has high anxiety Mm. um I felt like my mind was at least the clearest in the morning right and so I'm always looking for a good book to read in the morning to start my morning slow and so this book is like right up there <laughs> it sits right oh, yeah. next to my desk um and so talk about why you wrote this like why is it gentle suggestions for the start of your day yeah well my my initial idea was to have I wanted to have some kind of morning version of my book, 365 Days of Peace, because mm. I wrote I wrote those in the morning, in the evening, and they were very sort of evening focused, like winding down, letting go mm. of the day. And um, but I I didn't for a while. I wasn't really sure what to do about the structure because the 365 Days of Peace are poems, and they all start with the word peace. And 365 was already a lot of poems to write that I'll start with the word. <laughs> You're like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but that was part of, I think, what made them, what what I liked about them is that they, that repetition made them feel almost like liturgy, you know, mm, like yeah, that, yeah. that sort of familiar sound that, you know, the words that you're sort of sinking into. Um, so I thought for a really long time, you know, but I couldn't think about, I couldn't think of another, another thing similar to peace (laughs) to do, you know, like it did, nothing really was seeming to work. Um, But in the meantime, I was writing some mornings and the 
the 365 days in peace, I wrote entirely into Twitter um, in real time, like every evening for a year, almost every evening, I would sit down, you know, and open Twitter and write those. And so in the meantime, I was writing, I was writing things in the morning on Twitter, um, but they were, they were prose, they were paragraphs, you know, not, not poems. Um, and the Good Morning Friends, I kind of borrowed from Lin-Manuel Miranda, because he did, I don't know if you were on Twitter or if you knew. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't hip to him. Okay, yeah, for a few years, I think he was doing um, these good, mor good morning, good night tweets, mm. and he'd do one in the morning, and then the evening tweet would be like a reprise of the morning one, mm. and I, I loved those, and so I was doing my own good morning friends tweets in the morning, um, and so I decided to just put those together into a book yeah mm. and the and the other thing was I wanted I didn't know whether I should have 365 of them again and I decided that I wasn't going to so I'm a little I'm a little like nervous that they don't match so in my mind it's like the morning version of my evening book but in reality they're they're pretty different so <laughs> But I, I I feel like the spirit of them matches, even though the structure is different. Mm, mm. I want to read a couple that that, that touched me, uh, oh. just because we're talking about it. Um, so this kind of is uh, a recurring portion of it, um, of your book that really has touched me. Uh, what is the deepest wisdom that your spirit is telling you today and I love that like you know you have one for the heart what is the what message does your body most need to hear today and I love sitting with those questions um, I usually like my candle in the morning read a bit of this and taking the time to really think through what, you know, what message does my body need to hear today? You know, mm. what's the deepest wisdom that uh, my heart is telling me? And um, being willing to go there uh, can be frightening in the morning because sometimes that wisdom or that thing that you most need to hear um, is painful, right? Um, mm. You know, I use this as a springboard to write an affirmation to myself, you know, and my body. Oh, wow. and, so, and so, yeah, I've loved even just that gentle suggestion. You're not telling us how to think. You're not um, trying to guide us a certain place. You are. It really is a gentle suggestion. Like, mm -hmm. good morning. Have you thought of? Right. A right. Open handed. So, yeah, it's been a blessing that that particular one. Oh, wow. Yeah, thanks. I well, mo most of them in there, I, I try to be very gentle. If I'm offering any kind of wisdom or advice, I try to offer it gently. You know, like I don't know if you need to hear this or not, but here's something mm -hmm. that in all of them, I'm really just speaking to myself, you know, like this is what I need to hear. And so mm -hmm. I'm writing it in case it's helpful also to you. Mm -hmm. So I so those 20 questions that I have in there, I wanted to like lean into that even more like maybe I have some wisdom to share with you but you also have wisdom to mm -hmm. share with yourself and so maybe I could help you kind of access that access that no I guess 
<laughs> I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> Listen, I, I feel... <laughs> no, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, there's I I love that. I think for me, the reason I need my morning slow, um, again, as somebody who has multiple chronic issues, I need to be able to warm up. And there's often this grind culture that is like the 4 a.m. morning routine. Oh I gosh. run five miles and I do my push-ups and my yoga. Uh, I drink my coffee and then I fast till 11 a.m. and I'm productive in the morning. Mm. It's like, that's not me. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's, ooh, that's not <laughs> me. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> And so this is a different way, right? You know, there is a more excellent way in in pointing to you can start start softer, right? Rather mm-hmm. than harder. Um one other one uh that that's that's good. Um you're right. Good morning, friends. We were made to live in community, which means that your exact gifts and personality and presence are needed just as you need those of others. Let's show up for each other today, even if it's just even if it's just in small ways. The just in small ways is key to me. I think mm-hmm. um for a few years now, I have really sat with how I show up in community with the people I love. And there's this thought that I think for years I felt that I was always behind. I I couldn't respond to enough messages. I couldn't keep track of birthdays. I couldn't, you know, like I was just always failing as a loved one. And when I started thinking about, hey, I I may not be great at loving people. I'm just going to try small acts. You know, I'm just going to try to focus on on, you know, just these little actions um, to involve Mm -hmm. myself in community. And I think that that was a game changer for me. Um, And so even with this suggestion of showing up in community in these small ways, I love how you phrase that um, as a, as a Mm -hmm. gentle suggestion. Yeah. And I think that, that it goes both ways. Like the more that we can recognize that we have certain certain strengths and certain weaknesses like you said like, I'm also really bad at birthdays and I feel like something yeah. <laughs> like I and love it, y'all I just don't remember your birthday but I'm yes. trying <laughs> yeah but that I mean that's important to some people you know and so I feel bad that I that I'm not good at it but I think I feel like I'm yelling I think that the the more that we can recognize our own love languages if that's you know an expression that that is helpful the more that we can accept others' love languages too. And that, you know, instead of being hurt because so-and-so didn't remember my birthday, I could just be happy that, you know, they're reaching out to me in the ways that are meaningful to them and Mm -hmm. let go of, you know, my expectations for them. And so I think it sort of builds, like, we learn to accept ourselves a little and then we learn to accept others a little and that helps us accept ourselves. It sort of, like, goes Mm -hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then also it helps us to recognize that the people who aren't in that same growth, you know, who do just keep getting their feelings hurt 
no matter what we do and that maybe we don't need them so much in our lives you speak it truth gently but boldly i you know even that wisdom that you just shared i think part of the wisdom that's born out in that um even in that back and forth dynamic of giving yourself that 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 space that grace and giving mm-hmm. others you know you know i love that that dynamic i think that is born out of you know this general topic we're talking about which is 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 being someone that has been wounded and is able mm-hmm. to reflect to people the the wisdom you know that we've learned and i think you know as you were talking i was thinking about as someone who is chronically pained um chronically exhausted among a lot of things i have learned that i can only do so much and so I want to be loved in the small ways and I, you mm-hmm. know, and I can let a lot of things go because my own body teaches me that, Hey, some stuff you just have to let go, Yeah, <laughs> um, right. you know, and, and I love that. Right. So I, I don't like the pain part. I don't believe in redemptive yes. suffering. <laughs> I mm-hmm. have <laughs> learned though, like, I want to give you as much grace and I want to give you as much love as I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that leaves us free, I think, to to recognize love in others that we might not have recognized before. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, expressed yeah. differently than we were looking for, mm-hmm. and realize that we they do love us. That we have a lot of a lot more people that love us than we realized, mm. even if they're not remembering our birthdays necessarily. No, you're you're so right because I think of because of where I sit with my chronic issues. I really respond well to so many small gestures of love and care. Mm. Um, I tell people often, I'm the easiest person to love in the sense of the bar is so low Mm. to some, but it's so meaningful. Like um, a few words to me go so far. Like, Mm. Like if you're like, I don't know what to get him for a special case. Child, it could be something on a napkin. (laughs) You said that in the mail. Listen, I'm there. <laughs> I'm crying. Um, and so I think, you know, and in that way, I am helping to reflect to people reimagining the love space, right? Mm-hmm. And reimagining what relationships can be. You mm-hmm. know, when I think of your book, writing from this place, you know what it's like to be in pain, to be in bed, to not have that gentle uh, suggestions given to you. And so you're writing from a wound, but you're able to help reimagine the morning space for people. Um, Mm. and that's beautiful to me. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, a lot of hurtful things that people have said to me, you know, even if they were well-meaning that were Mm. just, you know, like my friend said, well, I'd be depressed too if I was in bed all day. No and that was just, yeah and I know I know they meant it so well you know they were trying to help help me get past like they thought I was just stuck in this mental space that I needed to get out of but yeah it was like oof this person is just doesn't understand and is never going to understand mm. so mm. yeah I'm I'm here for gentleness and kindness as much as possible to each other mm-hmm. yeah no I hear that. I, 
it's, it's funny. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking this title, Good Morning Friends. And I was thinking about this reimagining part. I don't know how you feel, but the day after a severe migraine episode, when you wake up in the morning, whatever that feeling is when the pain has finally subsided mm. um, and all the after, you know, the dizzying after effects, um, whatever that feeling is, <laughs> that relief, mm. one, I wish we could write about, we, that should be a poem. Jessica, write that down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to you would you would do an awesome poem on that. Um <laughs> but I feel like that breath of fresh air um is what this book is, right? Like mm -hmm. that feeling when you're like <clears throat> all the pain has like, whoo, I can see clearer now. That's kind of oh, wow. like what you offer people. What do you what do you think? Oh that? wow, that's so beautiful, Robert. <laughs> yeah. I had the I had the weirdest experience the other day. I I drive um, teenagers sometimes in my friend's carpool because they go to a, a school like an hour away, mm. and um I was going to pick them up one afternoon and I had a terrible migraine, but I was just like, okay, we can do this, you know. But I, I talk I talk to myself like I'm two people sometimes. Like, come on, just so we can do. <laughs> I get this. Listen, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And so I was driving and, you know, the pain was so bad and the light shining in my eyes and everything. And then all of a sudden the migraine started ending. And mm -hmm. instead of feeling like the pain was, instead of feeling like pain was leaving, it just felt like pleasure for the lack of a better word, like wow. not to be, not yeah. to be sexual or anything, but just like mm -hmm. good feeling was coming in waves mm -hmm. to replace the pain in my head and I've never experienced that in that particular way before that mm. was just like it was so nice and it was such a relief because I was driving you know with the sun low in the sky in mm. my eyes and just to go to go from intense pain to not just no pain but to actually feeling good sensations was like amazing wow. so yeah I can really love that. <laughs> that feeling I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was like an, I don't know, ex, extra dopamine, or I don't know what the chemical thing was happening in my brain, but it was just like my my brain decided this migraine is over. We're moving on to good things now. So if my if my writing can be in any way like that experience for people, that would be amazing. I love that. Mm. <laughs> Last two questions I have for you. One, a last word of what you would say to people, maybe uh, what is it that you hope to convey to people um, in your work in general? You know, you have these beautiful books that help to recreate and reimagine, uh, you know, what, what's the message you want to leave people with? And then two, where could people find your work? Where could they uh, where where can they get some of these juices besides the book? Uh, mm. What can they expect? So yeah, yeah. Well, um, the answer to your first question is actually on the cover of my first book, which I'm showing you on Zoom now, but the readers hey. can't hear. Yeah. But it's the long, the book is the long night, and this the words in the moon. I don't know if you can see those were yeah. actually not in the book; they were in my 
my pitch to the publisher wow. mm. and the publisher sent that pitch to the artist and she pulled these words out to put in the moon and they're just perfect. And mm. it says, you are not alone and this will not last forever. Mm. And so that's, I think that's really summarizes really well what I hope people feel when they read my books. And I've got, I tweet this a lot on Twitter and I've gotten a bit of pushback from it. I mean, like 90, 95% positive feedback, but a few people have pushed back and said, it's not helpful to hear that I'm not alone because I feel alone or that this will not last forever because it feels like it won't last forever. Mm -hmm. And so I want to sort of clarify, like I wrote actually about it in in the follow-up to that book, Blessings for the Long Night, that I don't mean, I don't mean that everything's fine by that, you know, I know that I know what depression I know how horrible and how alone you feel when you're depressed and I don't want to minimize that at all, but I, I, and I don't, and I know that a lot of us don't have the resources that we need when we're struggling Mm. with mental illness. Mm. And so it can feel sort of pithy to say you are not alone. Mm. But what I do mean by that is that other people have struggled and are struggling with depression. And you're the things that you're feeling, other people feel you're not crazy, mm. you know, you're not yeah. you're not alone in what you're going through. Other people mm. can relate and can sort of be just be there. We can't necessarily fix it for you, but we could be there with you in it. Mm. And then when I say this will not last forever, I don't mean by that that everything's gonna be fine either, you know. Right. Every, everything is not going to be fine everything is already not fine but i what i mean by that is that something will shift you're not mm. going to be stuck exactly in this horrible feeling this horrible place forever like something will shift something always shifts mm. and it will shift towards you know being better and then it will shift towards being bad again but life is like just constantly moving so you know mm. and hopefully it will be it will be better in the future yeah. but just hold on because the specific place you are right now will not last forever mm. so that's yeah. what that's what I try to get across through those words and through my books mm. yeah. yeah I love that and where can people follow you keep up with you know what can they expect from you uh, in the future <laughs> you know what what can people expect from me? That's an interesting question. I'm, mm. I'm, I try to be really kind um, and, and gentle on Twitter, like 95% of the time. And then when you're, <laughs> when I like to say once every quarter, so four times a year, I let my snarkiness come out a little bit. So That's what like we can it, expect. We haven't got one yet. So this quarter, yeah. so hallelujah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You have to pay close attention or you'll miss those. Um, but in terms of where to find me, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, um, Facebook, although nothing really happens on Facebook anymore. Uh, and I have a website. <laughs> Rest in peace, Facebook. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> uh, I have a website, jessicacantrowitz.com. And you can find information about my books there and my writing workshop and all my projects. Mm, I love that. 
I love that. I, I'm going to put that in the show notes. And one thing that I want to say to, you know, your work and, and, and what you hope to create for people is I get, you know, the pushback, especially when you're in that wounded place. Uh, I've gotten similar things uh, to mm-hmm. things that I write. And what I try to explain to people is I hope that my work, one of one of the byproducts of it is that it brings people together who are alone, who mm-hmm. feel that that dark night has overcome everything, right? And they don't have hope in this world. And so I hope to create a bit of a refuge clearing space where people can come together, right? And so my work isn't um, pithy. That's not the 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 object. Right. I'm hoping to create that that place of peace that you can lay your burdens down in this place and maybe find some others, you know, yeah. um, in this refuge space that I'm creating, right? And so it's mm-hmm. more of a prophetic thing that I'm I'm looking towards creating than imagining that everything is fine you will be fine um we yeah. know that's not true some people's circumstance in life actually may not get better right um, I hope to provide some relief along the way and that's what I see that same heart in you um, oh I love that so you're 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 speaking the words that mm. in in your speaking of the words you're hoping to create the work the truth that you're speaking Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I see. I see you do that, uh, whether you're conscious of it or not. That's what you are doing. Um, yeah, both on social media and in your writing, and and how you uh, show up. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh wow, thank you, Robert, and you you too. I mm-hmm. I told you once that your your work reminds me of the journalism adage to um, or motto or whatever to of to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable <laughs> so <they're, laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not just the the comforting you know we're we're not here just to make people feel better because the, then we wouldn't really be able to make a difference in the world if we're just all bopping around <laughs> happy not not bothered by anything mm-hmm. but yeah but then the affliction without the comfort is also yeah. You know, mm. not good for us. Mm, yeah. Mm, well, amen, amen. Mm. Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for, for our Patreon at patreon.com slash three black men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.